This is episode 20, week six recap and World Series preview. Good afternoon. Welcome to Flying In Sports. Where we fly around nationwide talking about what's going on in the sports world. We're your host, Joey Polizzi. And Costa Cucunada. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Flying In Sports underscore podcast. Welcome to our 20th episode. In this episode, we recap week six of the NFL season and preview the World Series. Who's the next coach to get fired? Is it time to panic in New England? Will the Rays or Dodgers win the World Series? All of this and a whole lot more on this week's episode. So, Costa, you ready? Let's do it. We'll start with the first coach to get fired. You know, some team, 1-4, 1-5, 0-6, you know, some of those teams. So, who, what's your prediction for the first coach that's going to get fired here? Uh, the next coach, because we saw Adam, Adam Gase, I think, is going to be the next coach. But we saw Bill O'Brien and Dan Quinn both get fired earlier in the season. So who's the next coach, in your opinion, to get fired? Is it going to be Adam Gase? Uh, yeah, for sure it's going to be Adam Gase eventually. I really don't know what the Jets are thinking right now. Maybe they're just trying to tank right now. They're they're trying to worry about their problems next season. But also, I think on the hot seat is Doug Peterson, man. Um, I mean, obviously yeah, I mean, he's a Super Bowl-winning coach and whatever, but he's – I mean, the progression he's had with the Eagles team has been up and down and more downs than ups. Yeah, I mean, we look at Adam Gase first. They're 0-6. They're going in the wrong direction. At this point, they're they're done for the season. They're more worried about getting them one pick than they are making the playoffs. That's their main priority here. But Adam Gase should be the next coach getting fired. He wasn't fired this morning. He went to the Dolphins press or the Jets press conference this afternoon. So there's no update on his firing yet. But uh, well, he should be the next coach fired. I don't know if Doug Peterson should be the next coach or, you know, one of the coaches on the hot seat. I know they're 1-4-1, one, one, but if you look at the injuries to that offense, man, now Miles Sanders is out with one to two weeks with a knee injury. Zach Gertz is out three to four weeks. Dallas Goddard is out with a broken ankle. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Dalen Rieger, all out so far this season with injuries. And they're just getting slim on the offensive side. I think three out of the five offensive linemen for the Eagles are – are out so far for next week. So they're really not hurting on offense, especially. And that's why they're one, four and one. But I think when they get all their injuries back, they're all healed. The Eagles will be a scary team again, but for right now, I think Doug Peterson isn't on the hot seat just because he had to deal with so many injuries so far. But I look at three coaches who could be on the hot seat. Mike Zimmer of the Vikings, who are one in five to start the season. Doug Marone of the Jaguars, who's one in five and, Surprising coach here, but Anthony Lynn, who's one and four in the Chargers, I think he could be on the hot seat too. They're three and thirteen in one score games since last season. So, you know, the Chargers should be three and two, I think, but they're one and four, and Anthony Lynn should be on the hot seat. Do you agree with any of these that all three of these coaches I named are on the hot seat? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean I don't maybe Anthony uh Anthony Lynn not so much just because, you know, you gotta he's gotta work with the team he's got right now. I mean, obviously the Chargers have gone in different directions over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, he's got a promising starter in Justin Herbert and I mean maybe they'll give him another chance. And you know, he's had a lot of success with the with the Chargers in the past. Yeah, the one problem I have with him is, you know, he had a great team last year. Majority of the team was healthy. They had an excellent veteran quarterback in Phillip Rivers. They had Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. And they only went 5-11 and 11 last year. You know, they were 2-9 and nine in one-score games last year. That's the major difference in their record. And again, this year, they've had leads. They've had three halftime leads with against the, I believe it was the Buccaneers, 
the Saints, and I'm forgetting the other team, but he's had halftime leads, and they've blown it. I think Anthony Lynn should be on the hot seat here going forward. I know they have a young team, Justin Herbert, developing to that offense, but if they cannot fix the having, them having leads and them struggling after, I think Anthony Lynn should be on the hot seat, and they should go elsewhere because Anthony Lynn does not seem like the guy there, but we'll see. We'll see if they can turn it around after the bye. And then I'm, Mike Zimmer, do you think he's on the hot seat here? Well, I mean, yeah. I, I want to say yeah, but I also like Mike Zimmer. I mean, what he's done with the Vikings and took them from basically, you know, nothing to something in the past couple, past maybe four seasons. But, I mean, this NFC East or NFC North, um, North. division is very tough this year. Also, they they play tough opponents, man, and they've been – in every game, pretty much. I mean, they were in the game cup, or was it last week against the Seahawks? I mean, yeah, they, they look good. They, they look good. I mean, I would maybe more so look for a different starting QB, man. I mean, Kirk hasn't been able to do anything in in uh, in Minnesota, and I mean, Mike Zimmer has done his job, I think, and maybe not so much on the hot seat. I'm gonna say that this might be a lost season for the Vikings, but you know. If they keep playing the way they, they're playing, they could win, like, almost every game. I think that Kirk Cousins is a very interesting point. I don't know. Is Kirk Cousins a good quarterback or not? Like, his time with the Washington football team and the Vikings, he's had solid seasons, but nothing like, wow, Kirk Cousins is a great NFL quarterback. Exactly. I don't well, know. You just said the word solid. He never it was anything um, out of the ordinary. He wasn't anything special. He was just he, he's kind of like what Ryan Tannehill was last year with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. He was just playing good football, man. He was doing what he had to do. He never really did anything out of the ordinary. Um, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is doing some great things this year, but Kirk Cousins, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's really a uh, superstar in this league. I don't. Even, I don't think he could ever be a superstar in this league. Um, I may, maybe I think it's time for the Vikings to look elsewhere. And we saw it this week. You know, Kirk Cousins, great with Dalvin Cook in the lineup. He was out this week, and they were awful on offense. They couldn't get anything going in the first half. They looked lost without Dalvin Cook out there. So, I don't know if Kirk Cousins – I don't know. I think the Vikings, you know, if they keep losing, they got to look at, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the draft selecting them because I'm not sure about Kirk Cousins anymore. I was ready – for the Vikings, you know, this was the year. Vikings, you know, without their really bad defense, if they can make a playoff push, they're one in five. They're not looking like a playoff team at all this year. So I think Kirk Cousins, as well as Mike Zimmer, could be on the hot seat for the Vikings going into a full rebuild in the future. So now let's talk about the New England Patriots. The time to panic on the Patriots, you know, awful outing for them. They're now two and three on the season. Time to panic for yes, them? Yes, 100%. 100%. I mean, this is how. This is what I told you when we were doing NFL previews, man. I, I didn't know if Cam could live up to the expectations that Tom did. I mean, I know that the Patriots, even with Tom, they were a big rushing uh, team. They always found, you know, players to run the ball that, you know, were pretty good. But, I mean, Cam's just not looking good. And like you said, he might still have COVID, man, because he did not look good at all in this game. They lost to, I mean, a, a starterless Broncos team. Uh Cam throwing picks left and right, and, you know, he's not throwing the ball the way he should be. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say it's not time to panic. They have a great coach in Bill Belichick, 
And with everything that happened with Cam and him catching COVID, you know, he had a fast recovery. And I just think his first game back, he wasn't 100%. He was, might have still been fatigued from the, from the virus. And he did throw those two interceptions, but he was still dynamic with the run. Ten rushes for 76 yards and a touchdown. They're now third in their division, though, at two and three. The Dolphins overtook them now. But I just look at this offense, and a big part of their offense is Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman only had two catches for eight yards. You look at the game against the Seahawks, and they were in that game on Sunday Night Football. Julian Edelman at over 170 receiving yards. They need to get Julian Edelman going, and that's a big reason. I think, you know, they only had one practice this week because of COVID. They had a lot of COVID tests positive in their organization. So I'm not worried about them. You know, this upcoming week, they play the 49ers, I believe, and they'll have a game plan. They'll be ready for them. And I think the Patriots are going to still be a playoff team, and they're going to take a step forward against the 49ers this week. I don't know. I, I think Cam's going to be all right, you know. COVID aside, he's going to take an additional week to rest up, and he'll be ready. The Patriots will be ready. And, you know, they struggled against the Broncos, but that was without that was with only one practice the previous week. So they'll have a full week of practice, and they'll be ready. They'll step in the right direction. What do you now. think with this uh, Jared Stidham situation? I mean, he looked pretty good. Do you think he'll ever um... – replace cam this season at all no they're cam is cam they'll have cam the rest of the season Jared Stidham, you know he'll be a backup i think if there ever cam new ever catches an injury or something i think they would have to go to Jared Stidham. no brian hoyer we know what brian hoyer can do nothing special i think they will give Jared Stidham if cam Newton ever gets hurt or whatnot but right now this is cam Newton's team and they're focused on making cam Newton a better quarterback for the patriots organization so now let's look at some other games around the NFL. The Colts with a big comeback victory against the Bengals. The Steelers absolutely dominated against the Browns. And the Ravens with a nice little up, a nice little victory against the Philadelphia Eagles. So we talked about it last week. Cleveland Browns did not look good against the Steelers, 38-7. to And I think this showed that the Cleveland Browns, man, they can't compete with some of the best. I know Baker Mayfield was hurt, Odell with an, with Odell with an illness, and Jarvis Landry was kind of hurt with that injury but I think it showed that the Steelers are just much better than the Browns and the Browns cannot compete with some top dogs and they're in trouble I believe what do you think well in my opinion um this is an off game for the Browns completely I still have high hopes that you know they could compete with very tough teams but this also really just shows that the Steelers are a scary team this year and that defense is crazy and I think didn't they lose their linebacker they lost um yeah, Devin yeah. Bush, torn ACL out for the year, so that's a huge loss. Exactly, and, you know, even with Devin Bush being gone, I still think the Steelers' defense is going to be insane. And, I mean, yeah, I'm not really going to – I don't I don't really want to say that Baker's excuse was his illness. I mean, he just didn't play well at all. And they could never get the offense going. The defense found ways to stop them every way possible. And, you know, the Steelers did what they had to do. They found the receivers. Chase Claypool, another great game. I mean – I think the Steelers are the real deal, man. Now I have to say it. Steelers are looking very good. Not only did they score 38 points, but they held the Browns to only seven points. Kareem Hunt did nothing on the ground. Odell only had two catches. Baker Mayfield, you know, those, that rib injury that he's, that he's uh, dealing with, didn't do much either. So I think the Steelers just showed that they're that much better than the Browns. So we'll see. But another big game, you know. It was an upset, actually. The Bears defeated the Panthers. Panther, or actually, the Bears were favored. Never it was not an upset. But the Bears were 
not picked in this game by a lot of people. And the Panthers did not play good in this game against a very tough Bears defense. The Bears are now 5-1 and one on the season, first time since 2012, and currently sit atop of the NFC North. Are the Bears the real deal? Yes. I'm going to say yes for now. For now, yes. They're, they're just they're good closers, man. They, they, they'll get the lead. You know, they'll give up a bunch of points, uh, you know, second, third quarter. But that defense, man, it's, it's killing those teams, man. And, I mean, the, the defense is basically what's saving the Bears right now. The quarterback situation ain't so good. I mean, Nick Foles, I mean, he's not doing the best. You know, he's not doing, um, I would say, so much better than Mitch was doing. But the defense is definitely saving them. And as soon as Khalil Mack starts getting more involved, man, this is going to be a scary defense again. The thing with the Bears, this just goes back many, many years. The Bears have never been that good of an offensive team. So look back to when they went to the Super Bowl against the Colts. Their defense is what carried them there. Rex Grossman, he's an average quarterback at best. But he led them there because their defense was so strong. You look at when they made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Mitchell Trubisky, he wasn't anything special, but that defense is what really helped them get there. This year, it seems like their defense is, again, doing a phenomenal job. They held the Panthers to 16 points. They held the Buccaneers to 19 points. Although, although they lost to the Colts in week four, they held them to only 19 points. They're getting the great defensive stops. And if Nick Foles can put it together, David Montgomery could run the ball efficiently. The Bears are a scary team. However, I'm not high on the Bears yet. Not yet. I look at their upcoming schedule, the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, the Vikings, the Packers. You got to win at least three of those games if you want me to consider you guys a great squad. Not yet. I still think the Bears squad still finishes 9-7. and seven. We'll see if they make a playoff spot. I'm not high yet. Sounds good. Not yet. Not yet. And then we'll go to the Sunday night game, 49ers and Rams. Your 49ers came up with a big victory. Jimmy Garoppolo balled out yes, once sir. again. Rams did not look that good. Uh, are we too high on the Rams this season? Well, I mean, obviously, the Rams' defense um, played pretty inconsistent. Um, I mean, the 49ers got it done. George Kittle had a good game. Um, unfortunately, Raheem got hurt. But the Rams couldn't really stop the 49ers in this game. Um, they came out to an early lead. But it's, it's tough to say. I want to I'm, I want to say I'm high on the Rams just because of what I've seen in the uh, previous games this season, but I mean obviously they're not they're not god tier at all. I think we were way too high on the Rams this season. Not just me and you, but everyone in the world because everyone went into this game saying the Rams were going to win, including myself. And I just thought the 49ers were too banged up, but the 49ers really showed that even without a very hurt defense, they've gone through so many players on defense this year, even offensive players. They showed them that they could stop the Rams, who were fairly good this year and their offense, but they stopped them. And the Rams, only four wins this season. They're four and two for against all the NFC East teams, which is a really bad division, as we know. They beat the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Washington football team, and the Giants. So I think we're all too high on the Rams this season. We'll see if they can bounce back next week against the Bears. And I think that's a huge game. Because, you know, both teams have not proved to me yet that they can compete with some of the best. And I think the Bears, who are 5-1, and one, the Rams, who are 4-2, and two, it's a great matchup. If one of the teams could come out, Bears or Rams, uh, that's a great win for them. And they'll be moving forward in the right direction. But for right now, not high on the Rams just yet. They did not come out and play up to their 
potential yet in that week six matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Any last thoughts from week six? Anything that stood out to you in these week six? Well, matchups? I mean, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that Buccaneers Packers game, man. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting game. And early on, it looked like the Packers were going to run away. They're up 10-0. And then after Aaron Rodgers, you know, did the little Key and Peele skit where he he pumped the air three right. times. Everything everything went down from there. The Buccaneers scored 38 unanswered points after that, and Aaron Rodgers threw his first interception of the season for a pick six, and then on the next possession, another interception. So I think this is, an, this is just a bad week for the Packers. Packers are going to bounce back next week. Packers are an excellent football team, and I like the Packers and Bucks moving forward. I think the Bucs is a great win for them after struggling against the Bears. The Buccaneers are in the right direction, I so and it seems like Tom Brady, it seems like Tom Brady and That's- Gronk, they're – Good connections going forward. I, I was too, literally right? about to say that right now. Yeah, the uh, the Rob Gronk and TB12 uh, era in Buccaneers, I could say, officially begins now. This game showed a lot, yeah. and you know Tom looks comfortable out there. You know he's th- he's slinging that ball too, and and Gronk looks good, man. And that connection is gonna be scary going on forward. It's and he didn't even target Mike Evans a lot, and they scored 38 right. points. So. Chris Godwin wasn't involved. It seemed like it was the old Gronkowski show for Tom Brady. So that's that's good for them. That they're in the right direction. But also Ronald Jones, Great you game. know, no Leonard Fournette once again. He he he's battling injuries. But Ronald Jones, that's three straight 100-yard games for him in a row. The Buccaneers, you know, Ronald Jones hasn't been good for them the past couple of years, but he's showing this year that he can be a great back in the league. And it doesn't seem like they need they need Leonard Fournette. So. Do you like the Buccaneers team yeah, going I do, forward? Yeah, I really like this defense, too. This Buccaneers defense looking really good, too. Yeah, you're telling me the Packers, you know, the second most points scored in the NFL this season, the Packers, and you held them to 10 points, all 10 points in the first quarter, that's that's great defense. And the Buccaneers, man, they're finally playing up to their potential, and we saw it, and this team is kind of, can be scary come playoff time. It really can. Yes, sir. Now let's move over. Um, Sunday night, the Los Angeles Dodgers defeated the Atlanta Braves by a score of 4-3. to three. Corey Seager was named NLCS MVP after hitting five home runs and 11 RBIs. The Dodgers will now face the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series in a best-of-seven series. We are recording this before Game 1 of the World Series that begins on Tuesday at 8.09 Eastern Time on Fox. So, putting aside everything, you got Rays, Dodgers, both number one seeds in their respective in their respective leagues. Who you got coming out in this series? Um, okay, well, the Dodgers obviously have proven a lot this season, and including these playoffs. I mean, obviously everyone already had the Dodgers going to the World Series before the, uh, the postseason started. I mean, they're showing – I mean, both these teams have momentum, and they have that fire right now going for them. And, you know, I like the Rays team a lot, but also, you know, this Dodgers team is, is the real deal, as we all predicted pre-postseason, despite this 3-1, uh, the 3-1 deficit they had in this series against the Braves. And I'm going to have to say the Dodgers come out winning this one. It's going to be their year. I, I don't want the Dodgers to win. I'm going to be honest. I really don't. You know, when you look at World Series and playoffs especially, you look at experience and you look at pitching, as I mentioned in previous episodes. Rays have excellent pitching. Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton. 
you know, you can't really say that for the Dodgers. I know they got Walker Buehler. Clayton Kershaw has not been out of his game in the postseason this year. And then their third relief pitcher is up in the air. Dustin made they can go. But the Dodgers hitters are just going to be too much, I think, for the Rays pitcher, pitchers. But I like the Rays pitching, and I think I want to say the Rays. I really do. Oh, but, but, you know, they were up 3-0. You got to also – I mean, Clayton Kershaw is struggling, man. Yeah, I know. But I think – He'll turn it up in the in the World Series, you know. You know, they really want to win. You know, they've been to the World Series so many times, and they just can't win. But I think this year they, they're going to win. We're in agreement that they're going to win this year. But I think the Rays do give them a problem this series. I know the Rays were up 3-0 in the series against the Astros, and the Astros came back to force a game seven, but the Rays finished it out, so good for them. But I'm more worried about the Dodgers and how they – the Braves let them go – how the Braves were up 3-1 in the series, and the Dodgers had to win three in a row to win a game seven. But they're the eighth team ever to advance to the World Series after being down 3-1 in the league championship series. So they made history there. But another note with the Braves and actually Atlanta teams, you know, it's just funny. You know, all these Atlanta Joke. teams, the Georgia football team, the national championship against Alabama a couple of years ago, they were up by 13 at halftime. They choked. The Falcons, as we know, in the Super Bowl, 28-3, to they choke. The Braves up 2-0 and then 3-1, they choke. Something about Atlanta teams, man, they just choke. But, you know, this, this is going to be a great matchup for the World Series, Dodgers and Rays. Uh, Rays haven't made it in a couple seasons, but I do like the Dodgers here. Dodgers in seven. I'm going to say it goes to the game seven. What I'm going to say Dodgers in six. Dodgers in six. It's, I think it all lies on Clayton Kershaw and how he pitches in the series. He struggled this year, I know, but... If he can put together a couple good – he's probably going to pitch twice. If he can put together two starts, the Dodgers will be in for a World Series ring. But, you know, I think the Rays have a bright future. Is that correct? I do think so. And, I mean, the way they've built their uh, AL championship roster was great. And, I mean, you know, they made hella trades. You know, they had a couple – They have. I'm pretty sure they have about, I think, six or five uh, players that they drafted themselves on this roster. And, you know – they're signing these key free agents that they think, you know, they could build uh, the championship team. And, you know, they did that. And I think the Rays are definitely moving in the right direction. And I think that eventually a World Series is in their future. Yeah, I, I saw a post actually where majority of their players are players that they traded for uh, when they when these players were very young in their career, including Randy. I'm going to butcher his last name. Azarona. Azarena, who is the ALCS MVP, he was a rookie. He's one of the, one of the, like the four rookies to ever win ALCS MVP. He had four home runs. He actually came from the St. Louis Cardinals. They traded him to the Rays, and now he's a rookie, and he's a great future for the Rays. And you look at G-Man Cho, great player. Brandon Lowe, young, great player. You know, they have all these players, and I just think they're too young for the big stage. And I like the Dodgers here in seven, but – you know, bright future for the race here in the MLB. So this will end our 20th episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at flying in sports underscore podcast, especially for details on our next episode. Check back next week where we continue to talk about the sports world. We're flying in sports and we'll catch you.